And we're back for another week on the National Fire Radio podcast. I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but this week, the week of May 22nd, 2023, it's Terry's birthday. My wife misses National Fire Radio. She'll probably hate that I even said that, but she doesn't listen to this anyway. So uh, I'm taking that day and enjoying time with her. She deserves it. She puts up with all my crap, all my travel, and all the podcasts we do and everything else in between. So I am spending the day with her, rightfully so. But this week is all new uh, episodes with fantastic guests, including a new episode from Pip from The Size Up. So hang on this week. We appreciate the support. Like, share, subscribe on the channels in which you listen. We appreciate the support, and as you fill out, uh, you know, subscribe or share or leave some comments, it helps us in the ratings, and of course, ratings help push us up the line and get more followers and listeners, and we appreciate all of that, and that's how we build the community. So, we appreciate you being here with us. Please give my sponsors and the people that trust us with their message a few minutes of your time before we roll into the daily episode. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Hey guys, before we start the podcast, real quick, I want to mention the Gone to Texas Fire Forum and Expo being held in Arlington, Texas on June 9th and 10th. Myself, I'm going to be emceeing the event for two days with nationally renowned speakers that will be there for the weekend. Mo Davis, Clyde Gordon, Rick George, Mickey Farrell, Jacob Johnson, Dennis Riley, and so on. The list goes on and on. I was there last year, helped emcee the event last year. It is a growing conference and an incredible venue globe life field which is home to the texas rangers in arlington texas right in the entertainment district right at the pbr bar which we're going to have a social after the first night i'm telling you right now there's no other venue like this the room actually overlooks the field you get to walk the stadium it is such a cool venue arlington texas june 9th and 10th check them out go on to texasfireforum.com or go to facebook and look them up there too go on the texas fire forum where you can buy your tickets get great hotel rates. If anybody's asking you where you're going this summer, you tell them, go on to Texas. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and her crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. Custom design, one-offs to department orders. They can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on, and they provide nothing but top-shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform, and Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, for a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Hey everyone, Jeremy National Fire Radio. Welcome back to the podcast today. Today, I don't know. I mean, this is probably the most famous guy I've had on. I don't know. This is going to be a fun conversation. Robert Burke, also known as Bobby Burke. Bobby, thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate oh, this. Jeremy, thanks for having me. Thank you for all the good work. I was honored to uh, to be asked to be on. Oh, come on. This is cool, man. So let's talk about a couple things, right? Uh, first off, if you're not familiar with who, uh, you know, our listeners, if they're not familiar with who you are, um, not only are you a 22-year firefighter with the Ocean Beach, New York Fire Department out on Long Island, New York, um, you're also an actor, uh, you know, on the big screen. And you do movies and television, uh, movies like Tombstone and Thinner. Uh, you've been, uh, you've acted in Academy Award-nominated films, but I know from the group that's listening to this podcast, they're going to know you probably best for your role as Mickey Gavin on Rescue Me. Would that be correct? Uh, I think your uh, demographic would probably <laughs> know me as uh, as Cousin Mickey. Yes. Cousin Mickey. Absolutely, man. Well, I love it. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. You and I connected over social media, which is really cool. Um, I don't have a lot of blue checkmark friends on social. So, you know, it was like, who's this guy? Uh, but <clears throat> very cool. And what I think is super unique and what I really want to capture um, is really kind of your story, because I think your story is going to be um, quite unique to most people in your profession. I mean, you are an active 
firefighter, meaning literally 10 minutes before we hopped in this call, you, you sent me a video message and said, hey, I'm clearing from this run. I might be a few minutes late. I don't know how many Hollywood actors from TV or screen are actively riding fire apparatus in their communities. I know one other. His name is Tim Guinea. He was in Ladder 49. Uh, we had a, uh, a kind of a mutual experience uh, uh, connected to the FDNY. And then after 9-11, he uh, threw, uh, I guess it's upstate somewhere. I don't know what county, hmm. but I know he's in New Pulse and he's still turning out. So he's 20 plus years also. So Tim Guinea. Yeah. Was, okay. So uh, well, I'm going to have to look him up, man. I'd, I'd love to make that connection. I just think it's super cool. But so are you telling me then September 11th was the moment, was a moment for you in, in which brought forth your desire to well, pursue the fire service? Give me a little background on this. Uh, exactly. Like so many uh, people in the fire service, I believe uh, it was a watershed moment. My hmm. best friend was a um, uh, uh, captain of ladder three, uh, three truck, uh, captain Patty Brown. Sure. Of course. Um, I'm actually sitting in the room where he used to live in my house here. Uh, and uh, I've turned wow. it into an office. So, so, September 11th happens, and uh, there was a couple of documentaries made. You hear me on the documentary on his answering machine. Hey, Pat, keep your head down. Give me the call. The call was he was such a high-profile guy that, you know, anytime there would be, you know, some major, uh, you know, uh, response of, on sure. his part, uh, I'd say, give me a call later on. Let me know because it would be on television, you know, yeah. uh, rope rescues, sure. uh, high-rise water. I'd rather high rise uh, the the waterside high rise fire. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the first time I think uh, thermal imaging cameras were employed. The big old Argus tubes sure. or something, and um, so so Pat fell murdered on that day, and then uh, his brother Michael, who was a a fireman in thirty seven and forty on one hundred twenty fifth Street in Manhattan, who put himself through medical school and became a doctor. So he can't get a flight where he's a doctor. Um, in Vegas. So he drives across country, comes to ladder three, says, I want to look for Pat. And he points to me and he goes, and you're coming with me. Wow. Now I hung around with firemen because of where I grew up. And, mm -hmm. you know, both my parents are from Ireland. We lived in Washington Heights. I mean, you became a policeman. And if you had no sense, you became a fireman because <laughs> yeah. as the Irish would say, there was nothing out of it. Like a, a cop, you could go in and get a free sandwich somewhere, you know, but That's a, right. a fireman, there was really nothing, really nothing. So, um, so down we went to uh, the side of the World Trade Center, and um, both Michael, both Michael and I put time there. Michael passed away from nine eleven cancer, oh. October thirtieth uh, of twenty twenty. Wow! And um, you know, like you know, a lot of guys who who get this cancer so far out, you know, that you get the call and it's like, oh, I thought I dodged the bullet. Yeah, And, um, you know, my good friend, Eddie Meehan was a lieutenant of 22 truck and he, you know, 16 years afterwards, uh, uh, expired from it. So anyway, um, Michael and I did a, a bunch of time looking for Pat, looking for Pat, looking for the guys from three truck. They didn't start to, uh, 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 um, be found until December. Okay. And, you know, so I went back to my, well, I was living in the city. I went back here. And I said, why should it always be Joe and Jim and John in the fire service? In the, you know, why can't it be me? And I was 41. And uh, so in 2002, um, uh, you know, uh, signed up for the uh, Suffolk County Fire Academy through Ocean Beach. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it was it was it was good. I liked it. Uh, I was coupled with this 24 year old guy. Yeah. And, and I, I keep in good shape. I've always kept in good shape and, and I liked it. And yeah. I was a little more mature and, you know, uh, not risk averse, but n n not stupid either. Like, sure. You know, not doing what I was not told to do. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah, uh, no, I get uh, it. I get it. You have a little more sense. So uh, going through fire school, I was a little uh, uh, whacked out about, uh, you know, the mechanics of it all. I never inclined to be a mechanical person. Uh, you know, guys like uh, Burke, you're getting into the show for, you know, pump operator stage. I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, with a gun to my head, I don't want to get water out of a truck. I'm just not that guy. Um, but I'm going to have to become that guy. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, sure. Um, so anyway, that's that's the genesis of my uh, my fire story is, is you know, 
uh, it's almost like a guy going down in the battlefield and, and you just run up out of instinct and pick the flag up and just keep going, not to be dramatic or anything like that, but that's really what it was. And so all of my fire service, all of my uh, foundation work is, is dedicated to Pat's memory. Uh, so I didn't know that connection. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm sitting here like w really intrigued. I mean, first off for you, I mean, I think that's a fantastic analogy, by the way, being on the battlefield, picking up that flag and continuing on with it. Right. It's the mission. It's the greater mission. I, I kudos to you. Um, you know, that's incredible. And, and the fact that, you know, you found the fire service through the mission of your close friends and the sacrifices they've made. Um, and it should be said, too, to your friend, Michael, who passed from the uh, World Trade Center cancer. I mean, the number has uh, has, tr you know, trumped the number that were killed that day um, by the by the World Trade Center cancer. And, and it's plaguing our communities, you know, ever more so now. So, I mean, you know, uh, the best to you and and, you know, and, and the friendships that you've made along the way and, and those uh, relationships is just powerful. How did you what where did the friendship with Patty Brown come from? I mean, he's one of uh, family friends, family yeah. friends. OK, you know, um, it's a, it's a, another funny thing. Um, another connection. I know you go to FDIC uh, was uh, 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 the Halton family. Sure. Um, Bobby Halton's mother, Margaret, and his father, Felix. Well, we call them Bob. Um, but his parents and my parents were very close in Long Island. And uh, my parents were from Ireland. They didn't really associate with too many people. Got it. You know what I mean? They were very, very strict, very straight-laced, you know, yep. clean-cut, you know, that kind of thing. And they didn't suffer a fool's life. But I'll tell you, the Haltons were about as straightforward a family. And, and I remember years later when I was uh, uh, in the fire service and I was looking for, like, a work coat, you know, for the station. It's just you know, online modeled by chief Halton. And I'm looking at this guy, like that's gotta be him. Look at him. He looks just like his mother. So I, I you know, I, I email him. I says, Hey, are you uh, the same Halton who grew up? Yada, yada. And he says, what's up, Rob? I've been watching you for you. I was like, Oh my God, it is him. So uh, we reconnected and it was a lot of fun. Um, Cause I remember him when he was sitting on a, like a, you know, a bike with the hair down on his ass listening to the Grateful Dead. God only knows what else he was That's doing. That's wild. But he, he was not the Bobby Halton who, yeah. would, who would, you know, be uh, the Penwell guy and, and the FDIC <laughs> guy. And, you know, um, and then we had a chance to meet. He came out here. I think it was uh, either Billy Golfetter or his wife Terry's birthday. Oh, it was Terry's birthday. It was her 50th birthday. Because I got a keychain right here that I'm looking at. Mm. Um, and, um, uh, and, and Bobby came out and, and boy, we, you know, we were talking about, you know, the old days of, um, of growing up. I knew his sisters and his, his younger brother and, uh, just a beautiful family. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. there's, there's a lot of connections to Long Island, New York. I mean, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're surrounded by it and so am I, right? I'm on the other side of New York City, right? I'm on the west side, you're on the east side. New York City's in between right. us, right? And yeah, so the, oh, absolutely. the influence, yeah, the influence of New York City fire culture is, uh, uh, you know, throughout our area. And so you're, you know, you're a half hour to an hour outside of the city. I'm, you know, half hour outside of the city. So the influence is there. It's always there. And we have so many connections back to that job because the job is so big, right? Mm. And so on. So let me ask you, growing up in Washington Heights was, um, you know, you said either be a cop or a fireman. Cops get free sandwiches. But <clears throat> did you have... A love for the fire, like a, a an affection for it back then as a kid watching like 8434 turn out Washington Heights, you know, and, uh, and watching them turn the corner. Like, did you have those moments as a kid? You know, I, I did. We'd go down to 181st Street um, oh. after church, uh, Rescue 1. I, no, uh, no, Rescue 3 was housed there, mm. right across from the Blarney Stone, for God's sakes. So my father was in the Blarney <laughs> Stone and, and, uh, and we would play on the rigs. I'm going to tell you straight up, honestly, that I didn't have like, you know, yeah, it was fun to play in the rig, but yeah. I had no affinity. Got I had it. no affinity for the fire service or for the police service, really. Yeah. But here's another thing. I hung out with firemen. I, yep. you know, went out with them. We had dinners together. I had zero, 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 zero idea Got of it. what the job entailed. Just didn't know. And I was like, you know, I hear them talk about stretching lines and this and that. And, but I, I couldn't. And, and then I wonder about the the, the average civilian. You know right. what I mean? Uh, uh, but me, I hung out with firemen and still couldn't make the stretch about what they, well, they do something with water, right? Mm -hmm. Hoses, you know, but I mean, what was actually entailed in the job, I had zero idea. And, um, and, and so the, the, the journey is, has been a lesson. And what I love more about it than anything is, you know, you use the word culture. 
uh, it's a learning culture, you know, and I just love that, you know, I have new guys literally graduated last week. I said, well, how are they doing it now? You know, show me. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I, I love the mind of the beginner, you know, no two fires of the like, you know, you know um, how are you going to approach it? And um, so, yeah, uh, 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 it's a learning culture. And, and, and certainly at, at, you know, my advanced age going through, uh, it, I think it was an asset. But, um, well, but yeah. Uh, maturity, maturity plays a big role in the fire service, right? And, you know, we bring kids in early, we expose them early in the volunteer side. We try to expose them up 14, 16 years old, right? We try to expose them early, get them hooked, and then get them the training they need as an adult so that they can serve their communities. In the career departments, a lot of guys are getting on early. You know, they're getting on between 20 and 30 years old and, you know, if not younger. And so maturity plays a big role in the fire service. And I think you going through, I think you said at 41 years old, you have a different mindset than that 20-year-old kid that's sitting across from you in that classroom. Uh, very much. Uh, I had an occasion to be at the um, FDNY Academy a uh, week ago Friday, and a whole contingent of explorers came through, and yeah. they looked to be in their early and mid-teens and such. And and Pat Brown was a, a, an explorer. He was uh, kind of a, a famous and an infamous explorer, <laughs> um, you know, breaking into the rock, you know, at night, uh, you know, operating lines, you know, giving Willie the night watchman a, 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 a you know bottle of Get out of here. I didn't know. Uh, I, I didn't absolutely. know any. I've never heard any of this. Oh, really? This there's a famous story where they operated. You know, a bunch of kids from Queens met the kids from the Bronx, and they you know set some pallets up, operated. That's Next morning, the, 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 the temperature had dropped to like eight degrees. The whole facility is frozen, and and Willie's got some explaining to do. <laughs> uh, it's a true story. It's going into a book uh, uh, that somebody's writing right wow. now. And uh, so, yeah, uh, exposing people early on because then there's no illusions or delusions. It's it's just this is what the job entails. I think a lot of people after nine eleven threw in because they wanted that that you know unconditional favor. To, you know that that. Uh, stroking that oh the fire service ooh you know um, and 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 they wanted something from the outside coming to them the fire service is something inside of you going out you know mm. what I mean and so a lot of people get here and they get disillusions like well where why isn't everybody you know no 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 you know I love some of the stuff I'm reading like online lately about you know being in shape uh, if you don't consider yourself an athlete you're in the wrong yeah. service um, uh, what was the other one um, oh gosh I can't think of uh, but there's a lot of good stuff like that um, that that just shatters these illusions as to what it is to be in a first responder. Yeah, it's not. You know, oh, the, the other one I love was uh, it's it's like being an athlete, but you just don't get to pick when the game is. That's you right. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to prepare for you today. You know, I went for a swim in the ocean. I come back. I'm you know, and then all of a sudden we get uh, banged out for a, a, a medical. But I'm like listening halfway. Elderly female injuries result of okay, you know she ain't going anywhere. Boom, helicopter. Now I got to right. go. You know, so yeah, you never get to, you never get to pick when the game is going to be played. You know, I, I find what's really interesting with your story though is you know you were surrounded with that Irish heritage growing up in the city and then out in Long Island. You're surrounded by so many firefighters that it was just second nature. Yet you didn't really understand what the job entailed, right? And then zero. Yeah, and then you have and then you have friends though like Patty Brown, which. I mean, highly, highly regarded on the job. I mean, even his last transmission on September 11th was, I'm going to do my job. You know, like those words. I, be- I, do- I, I don't- belay your I belay your order. Yeah. I'm not leaving these people. Yeah. Like, and you, you grew up with, or you were a part of that. You, you know, uh, you, you were surrounded by that. And I'm sure he carried himself like that on the job, just like he did off the job. And so for you then to find a calling in this, to see I'm picking up this flag and moving it forward, I'm I'm doing this now, I want to be involved, I want to be a part of this. I have to think being a little bit older, along with the tutelage from all these people throughout your life up to 41 years old that have been in the fire service and seeing how they carried themselves in this love for the job and so on, I'm sure that played a lot of role in, in how you performed and, and came into this job. It has. It has. Um, I have to watch myself uh, uh, for being a prick. You know what I mean? Because the pressure I put on myself to perform uh, the way that I feel, I don't feel, it's not a feeling, it's a fact. The fact mm. is the, the job should be performed a certain way. Buttoning up, that's a big thing with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Might seem small to you, but like, you know, 
some of the guys we have at Suffolk County Fire are just just wonderful. The guys, you know, moonlighting obviously from FDNY. Sure. Um, you know, but um, you know, oh, five seconds here with your boot, ten seconds here getting this strap. Those are forty-five seconds you're going to need later. So this type of math, I I can understand that a little bit, um, and then to convey that to pass that on to the new guy. Um, because, you know, there's obviously when you're new, there's this big picture and it's very like, well, where do I begin? What I, I spoon feed everybody, you know, okay, we're just going to start getting dressed. Now we're going to go over to the apparatus. Now find me this tool here. Don't put these irons down the whole, the whole drill tonight. You never drop those irons because I want you to get the feel. I want you to get the feeling of that weight in your soul. Do you know what I mean? I just do. these little. So now going back to Patty. Patty was a righteous guy. Like he was the godfather of my kids. Wow. He, he, he was, you know, uh, I can't even say enough of the guy. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of laughs. Um, he was through a lot of um, trauma in terms of um, uh, firefighters mm-hmm. who had uh, fallen while he was yes. working. And, um, but, you know, uh, you know, and everybody on the job at some point had given me their Patty Brown story. I'm sure. And they're all, they're all pretty good stories, but you know, Pat was um, a very humble guy. Yeah. And, and I remember one metal day, uh, we met down at this bar called the Metropolitan. It was a cop bar, okay? It was the preeminent cop bar <laughs> on the planet Earth right. because it was right outside of one pre-P. But his cousin Donnie owned it. So we'd always meet there, and I'd say, geez, Pat, two metals in one year, blah, 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 blah. And he says, <laughs> and I'll never forget it as long as I live. He goes, don't kid yourself, Burke. He says, um, there's plenty of guys on this job for 40 years, never got a metal who are better firemen than me. Wow. Yeah. That's so yeah, you know, that's wow. all you can say about that guy. That's right, absolutely. Well, let me let me ask you this, right? I mean, so the influences you had along the way, where you are today, twenty two years later, uh, you know, in your fire department, and and you know, taking on leadership roles throughout it, and now being back to a senior black, you know, black hat guy in the department, and so on. You talked a lot about the methodology needing that forty five seconds later, right? You were just talking about that from the Suffolk County Fire Academy and how important sure. those things are to you. Was that also part of your your profession? I mean, with acting. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to just talk firefighting here. I want to talk about Bobby Burke. And you know, you grew up. You became a fireman secondary to your acting career, right? And I'm sure you wore some other hats along the way too. But you know, growing up in the city, moving to Long Island, how did you find your way into acting? Oh well, I could barely read when I got out of high school. <laughs> no, um. You know, it's I kind of I kind of I, I yeah. fell into it. You okay. know what I mean, I heard yeah. I heard an actor, and I can't remember who said it recently. I, I, it's just escaping me. He says, "When other people tried it and should have stopped, he kept going." Mm. And that's kind of the way I felt. I kind of fell into it, but not like the guys and dolls in Oklahoma. You know, not high school. I got it. it. Was I got an internship in my senior year to go and perform with this theater? I was supposed to sweep floors and answer phones and paint scenery but they i auditioned for two shows and now i'm on the road with these two shows i'm having dinner at the riviera hotel and uh, the restaurant at the top of the watergate hotel Mm. i'm performing at the um what was it uh oh god the jfk center for the performing arts right uh Red Rock out west. Um, I'm going all over the country. I'm making $150 in cash per diem a day in 1977. So my father, uh, when I came home from that tour, I showed my father literally, proverbially, two shoe boxes full of cash because I couldn't eat fucking $150 worth a day. Again. I mean, <laughs> like five. And he yeah. goes, you know, what's that? And I said, that's what they gave me for acting. And he goes, wow. what do you mean act? And and I said, that's the per diem. That's what they gave me a day to eat. And he's looking at it. I remember. Yeah. I, you know, like, hey, can you spot me 50 bucks? I enough? bet. But, it's a lot of but money. The funny, you know, my father, when I said to him one time, I said, I, I think I want to be an actor. And he said the three famous words. He goes, a fucking what? And I said, an actor. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, the poor guy. He was a, a longshoreman. He was the bartender. He was the super of our building. Yeah. He retired as a church custodian. You know, six foot four, two seventy five, big boy. Oh, yeah. And and he and he's looking at this son of his, this narrow back, as the uh, Irish would say, and he's like an actor. I mean, he must have just thought, oh, where have I, bo-? you know, right? What? And he he wanted me to be a police officer, sure. in, the, in the worst worst way. Sure. But uh, and we had hooks, we had uh, hooks in the New York City Police Department, and big hooks too. So um, so anyway, I I just uh uh. uh 
yeah, I, I, so then I pursued acting and, and I went to a, several colleges. I went to the last college was SUNY Purchase. It was, a, you know, uh, Edie Falco, Stanley Tuchley, Wesley Snipes. A, a lot of very strong actors came out of that program. And uh, after, when in my senior year there, my father passed away. He was mm. my, you know, he was my idol. And, sure. Um, then I took five years off of acting. I went to work as a contractor, bricklayer, painting, plastering, you know, carpentry, you name it. And um, and then a buddy of mine from college called and he says, oh, what are you doing? Are you, uh, are you, <laughs> I don't want to say what he said to me. He said, are you dead or are you in jail or what are you doing? And I said, no, 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 I'm all good. And he said, well, I'd like you to act in this um, movie. And uh, that was 34 years ago. Wow. And yeah, so the movie was bought. I got agents, and the next thing you know, I was off. And that was it. That's it was, pretty wild. It's just un- unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Look, looking back on this journey, I mean, you know, going through and seeing, I mean, you know, Law and Order, Rescue Me, a bunch of movies. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking, you know, Academy Award nominated films, working alongside of, you know, the some of the biggest names in the industry. What's did you did you see that coming from a kid from Washington Heights who moved to Long Island, New York? Like, did you? Is this no, what I you think, saw? No, I, like people say, oh, my dreams. I never had dreams. You can <laughs> me. I just wanted to go from one day to the other without getting my ass kicked by uh, you know somebody or, or yeah. having to dole it out. Um, no, uh, we were taught uh, don't don't expect it, don't want it because you are probably not going to get it. You know what mm. I mean? And even yeah. as kids, as you know, toys or anything like that, it was like now, now, now. Not gonna happen, and and it didn't happen, and that was okay. Yeah, See, we were we were fine. We were happy. We were close. Um, and uh, but no, I never had uh, an affinity to be an actor. I still just think I look at it. You know, uh, sometimes I hear my father <laughs> say, "Oh, get a fucking real job for God's sake." Well, you, you know, I, I mean, that's um, that's funny. But he's got you know, He listen, he's got to be so proud of you, kid. Oh, he, he's hundred percent. He'd be the proudest guy in the whole world. Plus, um, I think you've played a cop once or twice too. So, I mean, that's close enough, no? Good lord, I, <laughs> I'll be in. I'll be. I'll be in my car in Manhattan sometime, and some you know squad car will look over at me, and they're like, "Wait a minute, wait that's a minute, hilarious, wait a right?" And then they just then they just proceed forward. They don't want to have anything to do with me. I think because I I played the internal affairs guy for so long. That's um, <laughs> you're the bad but, guy. Yeah, right. So many. So many of my friends were on the job that I saw uh, I could very much glean how they conducted themselves as, I get it. Uh, as police officers, as professionals. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, when you're an actor, you kind of absorb that and you just hold the mirror up to it. Um, and I've based, you know, some certain characters on friends of mine, uh, um, you know, detectives, these types of things, uh, sure. FBI agents. Um, and uh, but, yeah, it's fun. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's been a fun career nobody really oh you can't do that bob you can't do this job no that's not good for you. i have complete autonomy jeremy i can do whatever yep. i like nobody bothers me and um and it's been fun i i tell you i really uh, i i've been to places you know uh that i would never in a million years have expected and uh um but you know what's funny now we'll go back to the fire space. yeah 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 you know, we'll be emptying at a hotel. There's a bunch of girls coming out of the hotel. I have the hook and, and the can and I'm going in and somebody says, you know, the show Gossip Girl that I used yep. to do. Jesus. It was like a teen, you know, melodrama. And goes, aren't you Chuck's dad? And I'm like, <laughs> Chuck's dad is dead, you know? And, and, and they're like, wait a minute. I, I, we had great. a terrible call one night. It was um, violence in progress. I had, uh, oh, it was with the um, rescue that night. They're just bringing up the stretcher. And I come into this, I come into this room. Everybody's fighting everybody, you know, like these couples. There's like yeah. twelve couples, and they're like, "Hey, it's Tucker, you know, from Special Victims." You know? That's hilarious. So, uh, so now everybody's like freaked out. Like, what's he doing here? Yeah. But, so years ago, when we get a run, and somebody say, "Hey, isn't that the guy from Rescue Me?" And my guy's like, "Yeah, that's him." And and, and so we go back to the firehouse, and they're like, "Oh, well, twenty minutes because you're bullshit." And I'm like, "Well, you're the fucking one who gave me up." Yeah, and right. Now, yeah, exactly. Uh, right now, I can guarantee you, if somebody says, "Wait a minute, isn't that the guy from you know blah blah blah?" and and my guy's, "Oh no, 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 no he, he looks, looks just like, like him. him. Looks like him. He gets he gets that all the time." Yeah, we want to uh, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we want to get out of here. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, right. I want to get out. Of here. Yeah. So, um, 
so anyway, yeah, uh, it, it's funny when those two lives intersect like that. Uh, I can imagine. But I also think, too, I think what's really important, though, right, and what's important to you is a lot of the foundation work you do. And, you know, you have the ability to bridge these two worlds together because of, you know, your your relationships on both sides of that fence, right? And and so, I mean, talk about that a little bit because I, I think it's so important. I know after 9-11, I mean, obviously September 11th was something that pushed you to do more, right, by joining the fire service and, and you know, and so on through the mentorships of those that influenced you along your journey. But you also have the ability now to influence the acting world, the that part of your life about the importance of the fire service. Because I think, you know, after September 11th and we have, you know, situations that occur in the, in the American fire service and people get on this, you know, this kick of supporting first responders and the firefighters are the best. And then, you know, the cops went through a, a brutal beatdown over the last few years and they're starting to come back up again. Like people are realizing the importance of these jobs and so on. Unfortunately, it always takes something tragic to get people to put attention to it. But you being in that world, you can share that regularly with your coworkers, your the actors you work with, the producers you work with, right? I mean, talk to me a little bit about how you bridge that conversation with with uh, with the different friends that you have in the different worlds. Well, let me singularly talk about somebody uh, who has uh, kicked it up and left it up. Uh, uh, just extreme dedication. I, I wrote him a note the other day. I said, you have never failed a mission. Uh, you have never gotten mission. Uh, you might have gotten mission fatigue. Uh, Dennis Leary. Yeah. Um, yeah. This guy, um, again, uh, the 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 genesis of which was the Worcester Cold Storage Fire, uh, lost his cousin, That's rescue right. fireman That's right. Jeremiah Lucy, a uh, good friend, John Spade. Um, uh, so uh, so Dennis starts a firefighter foundation. I couldn't name another firefighter foundation in the United States, but he started one. So. Um, 9-11 happens and he's poised to start helping in any way he can, yeah. um, you know, and then, and then um, subsequently throughout the years, collecting money, raising money. Uh, and then, you know, about eight years ago, seven years ago, he says, you know what? It's one thing to write a check. Okay. Oh, he has a check for the Leary fire. Yeah. For the fireman. It's another thing to invite these people who are going to write the check to the FDNY Academy mm. to gear them up, to let them push a line, let them make a search, let them tear a car apart, let them, you know, knock down a sure. car fire, let them repel out of a six story window. And that's what we're doing now. It's called the Leary firefighter challenge. Executives can pay X amount of money and come and, and actually, you know, have some skin in the game. And what, what I always say, is that like the next time they hear an, an engine or a, a truck go by, they'll have, they'll have a little more, you know, 100%. presence of mind. And, um, you know, uh, Dennis, uh, uh, I've always said that the Leary firefighter foundation has been a first responder to the first responders. I, I did a, a video where I just say, um, you know, people always assume that municipalities and towns and villages and counties, oh, they have all the money for the fire service. So, yeah, let's give let's give the guys everything they need. Nothing could be further from the yeah, truth. 100%. These guys out in, you know, Gary and, and Detroit, and they're, they're like, put, I don't even know what they're putting fires out with. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, a thermal imaging cameras to them, gear to them, uh, FDNY mobile command post, high-rise simulators. Uh, FDNY didn't have a high-rise simulator, a high-rise tower. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I have one at Suffolk County Fire Academy. They didn't have one. He built them that, uh, stuck a, a flashover simulator on the roof of it. Um, and he continues to, to give, uh, to raise money. Yes. And, and not just for FDY, obviously, you know, but, um, you know, through uh, uh, Steve San Lu oh God, Steve Sanguidoche? You did, you know, yeah. high res, you know, uh, affordable towers. Affordable drill towers, now, yeah. It is affordable and it's a drill towel. A lot of guys don't like scaffolding. You know what? Too bad. What do you have in your community? We're giving things affordably to, to different municipalities. Um, the one thing, you know, Dennis used to always say, and he still does, he goes, I hope someday that this foundation goes out of business. Well, you know, flash, smash cut to lithium batteries. We ain't going out of business anytime soon, yeah. you know? And so the training, 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 and, and gear, gear, gear. And the training aspect to the Leary Foundation brings me to the Joseph DiBernardo Foundation. Sure. Uh, years ago, uh, uh, I, uh, Chief 
Dibonano said, is there any way you can, <laughs> he says, is there any way you could be our celebrity? I said, chief, let me tell you what I tell everybody. If I'm your celebrity, you're in fucking trouble. Yeah. Already, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I says, you know, the only ass I put in seats is my poor mother and she's departed, you know? So, <laughs> so then Mrs. D asked me, she said, would you please work with us? And then there was no way I was turning her down. Sure. So I went, I went to Dennis and I said, is there any way you can give them money? And he says, Burke, people give me money for my foundation. I don't give it to you. And I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe this time you do. So his company, his foundation got taken out of his hands. It was run now by this other company called Innovative Philanthropy. And, mm. you know, there was a time when Dennis would have cut the check right there. But sure. He couldn't do it anymore. Right. And so Chief D and a bunch of his guys uh, got together and wrote a grant, grant, grant. And after 18 months, uh, Dennis came back and, and gave them, uh, made a grant to them. And I told Chief what the, what the price was a year. And Chief was like, oh, my God. And I said, you're going to get that every year for 10 years. Oh, my God. Everybody's mind was blown. Wow. And true to his word, uh, Dennis has kept that promise. So now here you have DiBernardo under the auspices of Leary. Chief is out there training guys up. OK. And, you know, mostly a lot of it is bailout, you know, but you got Ray McCormick, Hell's Handley. Sure. You got, I've been a, uh, we've Mike, been working with them for years now. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Champo, mm -hmm. tower ladder operations. So every you 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 learn in baseball from the Yankees, you know what I mean? Through through these uh, through the deep and autos. And and it's wonderful because name another, you know, there's guys out there doing their thing, but like um uh you know, uh this is the really the most energetic um foundation I can think of in the fire service. And uh Super you know, and Dennis said last year we were at his firefighter challenge, he goes, you know, we've We've trained up, you know, uh, 8,000 guys. They said, no, 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 no. He goes, what do you mean no? I says, no, you don't understand the fire service. I said, if 8,000 guys are trained, they went back to their firehouse and trained five guys, and those five guys trained the next shit. You know what I mean? So you, your numbers are way off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the culture. And he's, he's like, oh, we never thought about it like that. I said, yeah, you're up, in the, you're up into the millions of firefighters trained because you decided to start a foundation and you chose to give money to Chief D and Chief D went out there and started training guys. So, you know, nobody's looking for any stripes or ribbons or medals on this. Everybody's just looking to get another brother home That's it. Uh, in, in the face of uh, in the face of the job. This episode's brought to you by Teledyne Fleer. Teledyne Fleer is the originator and creator of thermal imaging technology. In 2013, FLIR launched the K-Series camera for the public safety sector, in particular firefighting. They have created cameras over the last 10 years for every position on the fire ground. From tactical to situational, their cameras help us make the right decisions on the fire ground. So check out Teledyne FLIR, check out their product offerings, and engage them on their social media and ask them for more information and education in regards to their product. Teledyne Fleer is producing one of the best cameras on the market, and they're a proud sponsor and partner of the National Fire Radio podcast. So go over to www.fleer.com and look up the public safety file, and you'll find the latest offerings from Teledyne Fleer. Yeah. So I'm looking at a few things. Leary Firefighter Foundation, which has been super active, obviously. Um, you, you work with the FDNY Foundation, the FDNY Fire Family Transport Foundation, and the Lieutenant Joseph DiBernardo Foundation. Uh, right. And, so, and, and, then, um, and then there's uh, another organization listed for you, too, VetHack, that uh, you explained to me earlier, too, which is uh, a veteran, uh, you know, a veteran uh, platform that you work with as well. Where did, where did that all come from, from you? Like giving back like that, working with, you know, taking the abilities that you have in life through your, your acting and your relationships that you've built there and then paying it forward through philanthropy and working with and being, uh, you know, active with these organizations. Like where did that come from? Was that something always ingrained in you or was it just a way to give back? I mean, where, where does that come from? Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you, I guess, my parents being immigrants, mm. you know, yeah. Uh, uh, 
this country has been very good to was good to them mm. you know uh, was good modestly good to them i should say they didn't have very you know extravagant lives well, they like, worked hard for uh, everything they had i oh, can guarantee you that forget about it yeah. forget about it but i'll tell you straight up i don't have golf clubs i don't smoke cigars i don't have a boat i don't have any toys i have no toys Got you it. know what i mean uh, what do i want that shit for it's just it's just shit around my neck I love getting out there. I love training. I love drilling. This is for the actually. This is for my my fellow members to tell you. Do you know what I mean? But but anybody who knows me knows that I would be rather out like you know connecting with people on that uh, basis because that has meaning to me. That makes memories to me. And you know uh, I I think you know again in the shadow of Patty Brown. You know what I mean. This guy, I wear his bracelet. I look at his picture every day. Mm. Uh, I, I try to conduct myself and live as though he were right next to me. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. Well, I'm sure he is, and I'm sure he's very proud of what you've done and who you've, you know, who you are and and who you've become for sure. Um, talk to me a little bit about what the fire service has done for you. I mean, joining it later in life, like we've talked about now. Um, did you know that this was something that you needed? <laughs> Like, I know that's a loaded question, but like, I'm 40 I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, honestly, when I say, I don't need to predicate everything with honesty, because this, this is, you know, all I'm going to be my first fire. I was out of the Academy eight months and two things happened on this fire. Um, uh, you know, we had rubbish fires, we had down sure. power lines, gas leaks, but this was ripping out a couple windows and I'm flaking out of line and, and. I got a great pump operator. I know he's going to get me water like fucking really quick. And you know who's standing in front of my rig? Nope. Billy Goldfeder. <laughs> and he's standing in there with a camera and his hands were shaking a little. And I go, hi, chief, like that. And he goes, hey. And I said, a little performance pressure here, huh? And he goes, he goes, oh, I'll get the fuck out of here if you want. I said, no, you're fine. Like this. And now I'm thinking to myself, we got we to go to work. Yeah, now it's really time to work. Good, yeah. We got to go to a good job or else I'm going to wind up on this guy's website. So anyway. Um, a couple of things happened. I went to type, I went to cinch my uh, face piece and, and I, I snapped it off a uh, rookie move. I pulled outward instead of backwards. And I said to another guy, I said, let me have your, pay, your face piece. And he goes, well, I said, bullshit me. Let me have your face piece. And I'm putting the face piece on and, and, and I'm outside. And it's my wrist and everything's starting to get hot now. Cause it's really blowing down the hallway. It's banked down like very bad. And as I'm, I'm, I'm turning my air on all of a sudden, uh, I say to myself, because I'm going to push the hall, but it's really hot even at the door. And I, I remember saying to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't sign on for this. Really? Okay. And then Patty Brown's voice came to me and says, yo, bro, this is exactly what you signed on for. Okay. So it's kind of a moment of truth. So now I got, I, we got to push. We push. We go down. We operate. The, the, the problem was that the hallway was very narrow. Mm. So everything. So I said, I can push this back. We operated one room. Then we went to the next room and the next room. And, uh, uh, and then I had a malfunction in the mask. The mask stopped, uh, uh, you know, uh, something in the regulator stopped. And I was like, whoa, you know, after operating, uh, you know, assertively for seven, five, seven minutes, let's say it was. And, and I was like, wow, I got to get out of here. So I popped out. And then, then during COVID, I remember driving the ambulance for, you know, uh, come, the designation is pandemic. Uh-oh. So you throw, you know. And I remember going, oh, man, I didn't sign up for this. And Patty Brown's voice again, this is exactly what you signed up for, actor boy. You know? So it's that, um, you know, professionalism is professionalism. You know, you, 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 you want to conduct yourself at a certain level or exceed that level. You know what I mean? You never want sure. to go below it, you know, sure. and, and in the fire services, which because it's a learning culture, you can always try and exceed it uh, in some way at some level, simply by your uh, demeanor with your fellow members, you know, being courteous, being kind. Um, uh, and then in, in the same thing with my acting profession, you know, I have the New York Teamsters. Hey, Burke, you're not supposed to be here for another hour because <laughs> it's it's cool to show up late or, you know, and I'm like, yeah, bullshit. I show I show up early. Yeah, I'm pinching myself that I get to do this. Awesome. So you fucking be sure I'm going to be early. Yeah. And and um, so it, it's all I think about professionalism, really. It's and, character, uh, you know, man. It's integrity. Yeah, it it's is. character. It uh, here's the thing. Right. Which I find very interesting is, you know, the 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 small Patty Brown on your shoulder. Like, no, this is what you signed up for. Like, I think every single person in the in the fire services had a moment 
where they doubted the situation or their actions at that moment and something pushed them to go. And I think that's super important because there's people that probably doubt themselves and there's times where you might have doubts, but you got to have that inner voice and fortitude to push forward. And, um, you know, for you, it came in, in, in you know, regards to a, a friend who, uh, you know, uh, was there to push you ahead. And I think that that's, uh, that's a very powerful moment for you. I could only imagine. In, in theology, it's called profound doubt. There okay, is. So he's, he's Jesus Christ. He's on the cross. And, and basically he says, my God, my God, why? He's, he's saying to his father, hey, pop, what, what happened? You know, like, yep. what? And so even Christ himself is, is expressing doubt. And, and, and so in our, like, you know, lives and, but that moment you were talking about, you know, how many firemen have rolled up and go, oh boy, this is bad. Do you yeah. know what I mean? All, every, every guy who had, you know, on, on 9-11 looked up and said, how, how is, how are we even going to, you know, and everybody, you're always trying to, you know, make it work in your head. Um, okay. If, if we stretch this way or if this happens, I mean, you're always trying to make it work. But when you pull up and, you know, golf calls it uh, the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, we had a fire a couple of Octobers ago, uh, or November, uh, 68 mile an hour gusts. It was in some crazy nor'easter, taking three, four houses. This poor young lieutenant with me, she goes, is this bad? And I said, this is particularly bad. You know, this, <laughs> is, the, we, is this bad? Well, that's, and, I, and I'm being like, you know, I'm using big, I'm like, this is particularly bad. I, I'm not trying to be flipped, but I said to her, this is particularly bad. And we took the downwind side of the fire and um, it was just a two and a half inch and an inch and three quarter. And we're just trying to hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. And we did, you know, uh, but uh, it was, it was particularly a bad night. And, um, you know, because as, as I walked up the, you know, there's one thing to have embers. It's another thing to have like shoe boxes of freaking, uh, yeah. you know, shit hitting you at, 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 at 50 miles an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like, boy, this is like a firestorm. And uh, so things can get really weird here. We had mutual aid coming across the bay. And they were trying to, apparently I heard the story, they were trying to land somewhere and it was like D-Day. They couldn't, you know, <laughs> they couldn't get there. Right. I mean, I, and when I saw them come, we're always happy to see those guys uh, on a lot of fire ground. I think, you know, when, you know, mutual aid shows, I was like, oh, we got it. Well, out here, you, you're going to get your, you're going to get beaten. And then you're only too glad. Oh, thank you guys for coming here. Take it. You know, it's like, the, yeah, and they're always I, amenable you got a to lot of, or anything, you know? what do they call John Wayne time? I mean, you got, you know, you're on a barrier island of Long Island, New York. So not only are you dealing with those winds and the weather conditions and beach and everything else. But man, if you get a large enough fire and you need additional resources, they ain't, they're oh. not going to be there in, in three minutes. No, it'll, it'll take them the better part of let's uh, quick as 45 minutes an hour. Yeah. And, and uh, so when, when Patty Brown used to when we'd hang out here well before I was a, a volunteer, uh, he'd say, who's who, who fights the fires out here? And I'd say, Oh, you know, Joe, Jim, Joe. And he'd say, do they train for conflagrations? And I'm like, what's a conflagration? <laughs> I said, what's a conflagration? Yeah, right. He goes, Bob, one go, they all go. And I says, oh, no, I don't know if they do or not. I don't really know. And uh, and now that's all I do. It's like, you know, how many of us, we're, we're four turning out tonight. Uh, okay, everything everything I do is always short, man, short, man, short. Of course. Man. You have volunteers in a seasonal department, chronically understaffed. It's, it's, it's like show, place, and wind of bad shit can possibly happen. And so you're going to, you see, your instinct is to stretch a line and start to operate. No, no, no. Stretch four or five lines because these people kind of become it. Do you know what I mean? So stretch your lines and, 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 and we'll get water with some of them, but you got to really figure out how to stop what's going on quickly because there's no, there's, there's so few of you to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, there, um, and there's no bowing out. I mean, it's you're, you're committed, man. Whether you yeah, know, you got, four, you got 40 minutes ahead of you before your next thing companies get there. Guess what? Like yeah. you don't get to sit on the tailboard and go, no. Oh, I just took a beating on that first line. Like, no, no. Well, buddy. you know, it's funny because you can enter like the house next door and exposure and you, you know, let, let me get a line in that house upstairs right away. You know, Joe go get in there right away up to that second floor because I don't want to, I don't want to put that thing out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just want to knock that thing right now. So just, you get a guy inside pulling ceiling, getting the you know water going, and come back out. It's like, okay, it's out. Okay, let's get back to these two houses. So it's it's mayhem, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, sometimes, but again, very straightforward. Uh, uh, balloon constructed, wood frame, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
residential. Sure. Uh, you have taxpayers, you have a uh, little chlorine, you have a lot of LPG because everything out here is no gas lines. Everything is LPG. Got it. And uh, when those things let go, that's, that's interesting. Uh, we had three of them uh, let go one night in front of me and I never in my life, um, you know, that was, that, that gets your attention. That, that was, that attention. was no movie set. <laughs> no, that was no movie set. And I've been on movie sets with yeah, a lot right. of bombs. Yeah, there. right. Exactly. Uh, you know, everybody over the radio is like, you know, what's up? And I'm like, oh, good. We're continuing to operate. And uh, but that got my attention. And we went to inspect them afterwards. There were levies uh, and 100 pounders. And I don't know how much actual um, uh, gas was in them at the time. But uh, so you just try and do your best as efficiently as possible, as mindfully as possible. I, I look at some of these guys turning out in Detroit and the methodology and the the pace with which they move. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's at, you know, frantic. Nobody's just stay calm. There's not a lot of us. We're going to, you know, any good instructor will tell you uh, the history of the fire service tells you that every fire eventually goes out. So let's everybody go home. Everybody stay safe. Everybody operate as efficiently as possible. I I get it. I mean, and that's where you know your the own your own makeups, your demographics of where you come from, your response area. You know it. You know how to operate within it, and it might be very different from the next town over, let alone the next state or or you know community. I mean, it's just it's it's just varies based upon what you know and how you operate for sure, man. And, yeah, and, and mm -hmm. when we go out to our academy, they're all, they know what we have. These guys come out here, so. Uh, you know, I'm not looking to say that we do anything. Or we, no, no, no. We know what, we're, what what's being asked of us in the fire service in this particular these particular districts. Yeah, that's all. No yeah. more, no less. And um, you know, uh, and and so we try to operate as and, and train uh, as diligently as possible in those what areas. What is what has it done for you? I mean, do you love it? I mean, you you know, you, like did you fall? Did you fall hard for it when you got there? After that first yeah. fire where you had that moment and you're like, what the hell am I doing? 40, 41, 42 years old. I got a successful acting career. Life is good. Pretty squared away. And here I am laying, you know, putting myself in harm's way like this. You know, did, were you bitten? Did it grab you and just shake you or what? Um, yes and no. The adrenaline was interesting. I'm not <laughs> a big, like, I don't jump out of planes okay. and things like that. All right. Got it. But um, in... Uh, I, I trained in 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 uh, Okinawan karate for years and years and years. And when I achieved my black belt, and it took me six years to get the black belt because they just weren't giving out belts where I trained. Wow. And and I remember when I was handed my my belt, um, my teacher said, looked at me like kind of I don't know what you would call this look. He goes, "Work hard, and someday you'll deserve that." And I was like, "Oh, you know, thanks for nothing." Wow. So anyway, wow. so what I yeah. what I real what I realized at that moment was not what I knew. Black belt only means now you're a serious student. That's all that means. That's right. It doesn't mean you. Oh, I could kill a guy with my head. No, no, no. It means now you're a serious student of this discipline. So, as I ventured into the fire service, the thing that used to shake me more than anything was what I didn't know. Do you know what I mean? What I couldn't bring to the table. What you know. Uh, mechanically, I'm a little challenged. Do you know what I mean? So I really had to try and you know force myself to bring myself up to speed. So the experience in the fire service uh, is like it was always been about what I don't know. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and how much there is to learn. Uh, uh, do I love it? Uh, I like it a lot. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I hate when I when I fuck up when I do something wrong or or I yell at somebody or I. Um, uh, uh, I remember one day it was simple. It was a simple thing. I walked away from the rig to watch a helicopter land. And over the loudspeaker of the rigs, as uh, uh, Burke returned to the rig, I was like, oh my, you know, that mortified me that mm -hmm. I should have like, you know, freelanced a little, you know what I mean? And, and I became very cognizant of that. Then, um, so anyway, I, I don't like getting in fucking trouble. I like, I like, you know, I'm a follower. I, I like to, uh, to just follow the order and, um, and do my task as, as, as best as possible. But, you know, uh, yeah, I was kind of bitten in, in, in certain respects, but it, it was, I would rather have my friend back. You know what I mean? Of and, course. And 9-11 never happened. Of course. And me go, me go on my merry way. But uh, so be it. Uh, uh, it. It's a way to honor him. And not in a, in a you know, weirdo, uh, um, what is it? Uh, idol-like fashion. I got it. It's just a, 
a simple way to help our community. It's the way our, our nation began with volunteers and people helping. Each other. A guy said to me just recently, he goes, well, all firemen have volunteered. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, all firemen have volunteered. Some of them just get paid. And I was like, Wow, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's something so, to be said for that, right? It's uh, yeah, you know, people that I, do I it as a career chose like that, to you know? do it, right? But uh, but I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy when I see it done well. I enjoy the, the 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 professionalism of it, the quiet professionalism of it. When I go to FDNY and I see some of my buddies who I only see once a year, um, uh, or some other guys that I've known for many many years, and they get a kick out of me doing it. And, and I am very respectful and in awe of them. Yeah. Uh, the way they conduct themselves on the fire ground. I am too. Um, I, I'm very similar in that regard with you. I am in awe of, of the professionalism that I see daily with a lot of these people. And for me, I just sit back and take it all in. And I go, man, this is, this is something to watch, you know? Yeah. When you see a guy whose head is in the game, a hundred, not a hundred percent, 110%. Yes. Okay, so like you're on the fire ground, you're pushing a line, you're at 80% of your physical capacity that night. And they say, get the line to the second floor. And you're like, what? And, and, and now you got to get to the second floor. Now you got to operate. And now you have some other problem. And, and so now your, your, your engine is operating at 110%. And you're like, whoa, I don't know if I could. It's like Quint keeping the, the boat, you know, <laughs> the yeah. boat starts smoking. Yeah. So um, that's the question now that I'm starting to ask myself, am I becoming a liability? But this guy's turned out in their seventies. You're not even close to being a liability. No, actually I, I, I hope, I hope not. But at the same time, um, uh, yeah, the, 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 the professionalism, I saw a guy one night just at the Academy FDNY guy. And he just, you know, he put his mask on with one hand, like just cinched it up tight with one hand, yeah. one hand with a glove. Yeah. And I'm like, so I'm out here practicing with gloves for years. I can, you know, um, fish, but like with one hand and I'm like, look at this dude. You know? So little things like that, you know, the efficiency of the job. Um, uh, I, I respect that. I, I see it as an art form. And uh, uh, when it's done to that level, you know, well, I mean, listen, you're, you're doing it to your level. I mean, you know, you could have, you could have uh, signed on, did your civic duty, feel good that you're wearing a t-shirt and, being a member of a fire department, it doesn't mean that you have to practice putting your mask on with gloves. Right. So like for yeah. me, I sit here talking with you, but like, I think you bought in. I think you're, I think oh, yeah. you're I, in. I, 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 I could only, because I couldn't, I couldn't honor my friend's memory and be any less than, there you go. Than, yeah. than, than the level. Because over the years you hear like how this guy operated, we were joking two of his, you know, citations uh, correspondent with the medal he received. Uh, two different times, the citation had the word acrobatics in it. We howled. We flashed. <laughs> oh my like, gosh! Well, what, what did he do? Well, he swung from one fire escape it's to crazy. the other, and he, and I'm like, with a with a pack with a tank, and he go, with air, and he goes, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, they're forced to put the word acrobat acrobatics in the citation. Who you know who does yeah. this? Um, but he told me about some of his uh, the grabs he made and, and things like this, and. Uh, um, you know, and again, he does he'd never do it alone. You're always with somebody. And he, he was always so, uh, I, I told this to Mickey Conboy's son one night. We were at the armory years ago after a Patty's Day parade. And uh, somebody drunk says to Patty Brown, he said, what's it like to be, you know, the best fireman in New York City? And Patty goes, I don't know. Why don't you go ask Mickey Conboy like that? He was always like, diff, you know, diff, diverting, diffusing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. And um, character, man, because yeah, it, it I, I saw his his chest once, his chest salad, his uh, his medals, and he, he dressed it down to like 14. I said, Where did the rest of them go? He goes, I took them off. I said, What do you mean? He goes, He goes, uh, These are the ones that mean something to me. I said, Shouldn't you wear all your shit? He goes, Nah, he goes, It bugs guys out. Like, this, I was like, Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, that's incredible. But uh, he, he was he was a funny guy, and uh, but he loved the job since he was a child, you know. Yeah, uh, I think it was a uh, like a uh, an emotional and a spiritual place for him, the firehouse, uh, you know, scanners, uh, buffing fires, and like you know, sneaking out of his house at night. I heard a story the other day. This guy who's writing a book on Pat uh, said he went, you know, him and this guy, Butch, I can't remember. He's a captain up in the Bronx. Uh, can't think of his last name. You know, getting on a train to go to the Newark riots, you know, as, ki as kids. This, this picture, there's pictures of them holding their gear on the subway. No way. That's absurd. Yeah. That's incredible. So, 
that's uh, you know it's stories like that man that i just you know that there's there's some iconic people in the fire service that you know just they're they're standouts and obviously patty brown was one of them he was a standout on his own job let alone uh, across the board in the in the american fire service but it's the storytelling like that that is so important right like we need stories like that to keep the job fun and light and and enjoyable and you know living living through or imagining some of these stories that these guys have actually done when you start breaking down these stories and you actually hear that they're true that it's not just some you know urban legend you know uh propaganda this is this is legit storytelling that came from real experiences it really just makes this job so much better at least i think so yeah, and it, it ends up being a part of uh, the culture. Yeah, the culture is the, the culture is the glue. I love you know, it. That's that's the glue that that keeps it. And you know, the oral tradition of tell, storytelling that's part of it. The firehouse kitchen, uh, you know, turning out for LODDs. Uh, these are all. This is the culture, and the culture is the glue. And and you know, the the common denominator. The common denominator is it's a life and death uh, proposition. Um, and uh, uh, you know, fire doesn't care who you are or where you come from, or, you know, how much, you know, that's the common denominator. Um, you know, Patty Brown said, uh, uh, what did he say? Uh, you can do this job absolutely right and still get killed. Yeah. You know, so that there's a humility in, in knowing, uh, that, um, that was the exact quote. Uh, I think you can do this job absolutely right and still get killed. So, Yeah. Well, I, I, for sure. I mean, he's got more quotes than, you know, I got uh, years on the job, you know. I mean, he's just, it, it was, you know, and for you to be exposed to that, for you to have friends like that um, and, and so on, I would say that he's very proud of who you are and what you've what you've done and um, your work, obviously, just in your local community and, and falling in love with the fire service like that, but also working on behalf of these foundations and raising uh, money and awareness, more importantly, I think, um, is is huge and um, bridging that gap between acting, the acting world, Hollywood, and and you know the American Fire Service is uh, is is powerful, and we need more help on those levels so that you know we can really portray what's truly being done. Because like you said, you didn't even you didn't know you had all these buddies that were firemen growing up, and you still didn't know what the job truly entailed or what it was all about. So, brother, what a great conversation today, man! Thank you. Thanks for joining. Uh, Jeremy, me. thank you. Uh, listen, for your work and your service and getting out there and, uh, uh, you know, all these, you know, again, it's, it's, it's because of the internet has become another aspect and element of the culture. Yeah. Like it or not. And I think it's wonderful because, you know, we're all sending each other um, uh, 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 quotes and there's something, there was a speech you gave there maybe two weeks ago about how the department lets you down and we all sent it to each other. Really? And, yeah. Oh my God. Cause you know, we have, we have our own fair share of toxicity sure. of here. Course. Everybody does. And, oh, it's great. And, but you, everybody thinks, Oh no, 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 you don't have it. Like we have it. It's like, yeah. no, no, yes, we do. You know I mean? So, um, so that can be very, um, you know, disparaging and detrimental. You're trying to do your best job. And, and yet, you know, you have these elements of crazy, behavior. It's, it's narcissism. I don't even know what it is. And I leave it alone. Um, but uh, you just try and keep your head down and, and do the best job. But again, back to the national fire radio and um, it's, it's, that's a whole other mission and, and you do it well and you do it professionally. Uh, you give it the, the absolute, you know, honor and, and, and dignity that the fire service um, deserves. And, and so I thank you for that personally. Wow, and I'm sure that's... a lot of guys out there do. Brother, thank you. That means a lot. Um, means a lot coming from you and this newfound friendship that we have um, because I get to call you Bobby, which, you know, <laughs> now we're friends. Um, but, brother, just, you know, that's that truly is important to me. Um, it's the relationships that we make, and it's paying it forward and pushing it ahead. And, um, you know, you know I, I, said, I said to Dennis Leary, I said, you know, you get up there and you, you know, make a couple of speeches. I said, you know, never disparage your, your commitment, your, your, your actions, because I said, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, guys are going home. Guys and, and gals, are, well, members are going home because of the work you do. 100%. And that, and that goes for you. Yep. That goes for you too. Well, so thank you. That's, <laughs> that's very kind. Um, very kind. But, I, I'm just I'm grateful for the opportunity and I'm grateful for guys like yourself that are willing to give me an hour of their day to share their story because I think, you know, people will get something out of every story we tell. Everybody has 
a story. Everybody has experiences to share. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And we can all learn something from everybody. And so if we can just put that out there and continue to put it out there, and if we affect change in one person's life or, or a thousand people, you know what? It doesn't matter to me. It's it's we're just doing what we think is right. And I think that that's, you know, to me, the theme today with the other podcasts I've done, it's always doing the right things, doing the right thing. It's always going to be the right thing. Yeah. That- the next the next right thing. Um, yeah. And, and like, again, uh, uh, so so a lot of people want to do stuff and they don't know what to do and everything. And volunteerism is a great way to go. Everybody thinks, oh, it can't be me. It can't be me. Well, why can't it be you? You know what I mean? If you're thinking about joining the volunteer service, the numbers are low. Uh, the fire service in this country needs your help. We're still one of those countries where you dial 911, somebody is coming. You know what I mean? That's right. Which is not the way it is in, 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 in a lot of uh, places. But um, you can be a part of it and, or, or, or just support your local fire department because they're not getting everything they need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just don't. It, it might look like they are, but they are certainly not. So, um, and what they need more than anything, uh, equipment or otherwise, is, is personnel, is people. People. So, yeah. To the young, to the young people out there who see, uh, if a dopey actor like me can do it, you can do it also. <laughs> oh well. On that note, this dopey actor, come on, <laughs> get out of here, crazy. Well, listen, Bobby, thank you very much for joining me today. This was an absolute honor to have you on to learn a little bit about your story. Um, I'd love to get out. I want to get out to your part of Long Island. I want to see what it's like out there. So we're going to have to uh, arrange something. I'd love to come out there. I'm just inviting myself out to your fire department. Yeah, so. you have an you have an open invite. <laughs> uh, we we do. Uh, we, we're going to do another Warrior Appreciation Day. Um, that might be a good time. Yeah, that'd uh, be cool. I know Goldfeder likes to come out here, but he doesn't like to. He, he always tells me, never tell anybody I'm here. Never tell anybody up here. Love that. So it's a big secret when he when he gets here. Um, yeah. uh, he took a picture with my oldest son once, and they sent it to me. And and my son was getting out of the water from surfing, and he's saying, he goes, hey, Pop, I met this guy. He knows you. So anyway, I posted it. I don't know. And I, I don't really post a lot, but I put Goldfeder calls me. He's like, dude, what are you doing? I go, what are you? He goes, I don't want anybody to know about you. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. So, you know, it's a big secret because the guy needs – you know, he needs five minutes peace to himself because uh, no matter where he goes, uh, somebody wants a piece of him. It's that signature so, mustache, man. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. He, but he's great. He's great. He's he's done a lot for us out here. And, I, uh, we, I had him on the show probably a month or two ago. I thoroughly, oh, no thoroughly enjoyed the, the conversation. Yeah, love the with guy. Him. Yeah. Uh, heart's in the right place. A uh, lot of. A lot, a lot of knowledge and um, yeah. and a, a, a real gift at, at sharing it. For so. sure. So, Bobby Burke, thank you, Jared, brother. All the best, brother. Appreciate um, you. Stay nice right. To... Yeah, stay right here. I'm just going to sign off the podcast, and I just want to talk to you off the air for one second, okay? Uh, very good. Cool. Thank yeah. you again, man. Appreciate you. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to the National Fire Radio Podcast. Robert Burke, Bobby Burke, because he's now my friend. I can call him that. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Listen, man, this is a, a, a guy that has spent his career in the American acting machine TV, movie roles across the board. You'll know him from there, but his passion, and he loves the fire service, and that's what it's all about. 22 years with the Ocean Beach, New York Fire Department. Great conversation today. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the National Fire Radio podcast. We appreciate your support. And do me a favor. Take this conversation. Take it back to the firehouse and talk about it, because when we talk about the job, we're making the job better. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.